this letter was a appeal letter that he sent before Yom Neroim. So, how appropriate is it that we learn this now? Tzedakah kenachal esen, tzedakah will fly, fly, flow like a mighty river. Pirish. Kemoshen nachal esen, just like a flowing river. Hu amshocha nimsheches mepchines esen. It is a flow, a continuous um, river that is drawn from the concept of Esan. Now he's going to interpret this Kabbalistically. Meaning, The concept here is that there is within us a Pintalayit, that our portion of the Chedekalekai, the godliness within us. And then there are the Midais, that we take our nishama, what's referred to as the what we had the other day in Asuch Shemin, the, the pintali, the drop of oil, the wisdom, and it's up to us to take it and process that and to broaden it, to make it wider and longer, and, and one would be called chachma, and the second one is called bina. Bina is where you take it and apply it and turn it into. Um, something of its of your own making, it's applying it now from there we know that these are two two friends two friends that should never separate from one another he's going to say, what are the two things? now this is very much reflected in a mimer in the Kutei Torah Parshas Re'eh he elaborates greatly on this whole concept of this letter and talks about these two ideas. The two ideas, these train ray and delimisparshin, these two friends that must hang out together within a person, is the pintali, the fact that we have a neshama that is connected to Akadish Baruch Hu. And it's that connection of the neshama that throughout the ages has been the source of the fact that Jews have gone to the deaths with Messias Nefesh, or people generally have the power to be Messias Nefesh, to be able to be selfless and do the impossible, to be a Shemitari Mitzvah in America, requires Messias Nefesh. That comes from the innate, unbreakable connection to HaKadosh Baruch. Okay? On top of that, there is the concept that we have a responsibility not just to be the whole, the beholder of that neshama, but we're supposed to do something with it. We're supposed to take it and process it to the best of our ability, to turn it into a hava, to turn it into yira, to bring it down to our midas, to broaden it. Um, Ramchal, in his Derech Hashem, says that there's an obligation upon a person to know as much as they possibly can about HaKadosh Baruch So we have an obligation to take it and arbit is to work through whatever knowledge of godliness we possibly can attain with our brains. And he says there that each of these without the other won't work. People who are discoverers of godliness, and it's all based on their own intellect, they have to be the understanders. It's their wisdom that got them where they got. Inevitably, 
as they say about Aristotle and all the other great philosophers, the great minds, their minds will lead them into the dungeons of morality, and they will end up falling flat on their faces. Conversely, a person who's only left with their chelikalikai, um, that connection, they don't do anything with it. They never made it their own. It's not. It, it's a, it, it's that story with the Chavetz Chaim. With the, he met this Jew who was still wearing his talis cotton that he got by his upshare, because that was the one his mother gave. Right? The talis cotton is supposed to grow along with you. It's supposed to, you're supposed to make it your own. So these two concepts are train rain are two friends the Lomisbarsha that are not supposed to be separated from each other. <clears throat> now, the Oisias Esan makes just an incredible observation. Look at the word Esan. Esan means might, strength. Aleph, Yud, Tuf, and Nun are all letters that are put in front of a verb that will turn it into future. Let's take the word to give. Etain, yitain, titain, um, nitain, we will give. Those are the four letters that take any verb and make it future. Okay? Is misham shois la'asid. The letters of a son are all letters that speak about what's going to take place in the future. Perish, meaning, ano osid li'izgalia, Kodesh Baruch was saying in this posuk, my righteousness kenachal will flow with such might in the future. I am going to be revealed in the time to come. I want you to understand that the time is coming that Hashem says He's going to reveal His infinite light, his infinite energy, and his oneness, his, his simple unity, Hashem is going to reveal it to every one of us within our hearts, through drawing into us this river of might, this is the illumination of the highest wisdom. It is destined to illuminate the Pnimius Halev in the depths of our hearts. For us to nullify ourselves to our Kaddish Baruch's unity, in absolute terms, from the depth of our heart. When can this take place? Only after all of our internal appetites, desires, lusts, wants for Gashmias are removed. And he's referring to this as an Arla. There is a spiritual covering that's covering over our lave, and what's required for us to be able to unify ourselves with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is an Arla that only HaKadosh Baruch Hu can remove. Hashem is destined to remove this Arla. Meaning, we, we're supposed to do the best we can, but we have to understand that despite our best efforts, we're not going to be able to completely remove it on our own. It has to be done by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The day that happens, we have to understand that the Neshama will itself reach for its source 
and we'll be absolutely unified with Hakadosh Baruch. Does that happen all at once with everybody at the same time? Or? That's part. Good, good uh, question. Whether it's a gula, right? Gula qualities or gula pratis. We're talking about an individual. Yeah, you, uh, you enumerated many, many things that we do not have in our lives any longer. Um, but we can't. Look, look, look what he's going to say now. Meaning, the, the, the simple reading of this is that this is going to take place when Azigalik Knaf and Hashem reveals his presence to the world. But, now, during this long exile that we're in, don't give up yet on this happening now. There's another solution, to illuminate a little bit of this godly light, from this power, to be able to illuminate within our heart of hearts. A similarity, like you have me'ena the ma'bo. There's a, there's going to be a, a smacking of the ma'bo here too. There's a way to attain some of this illumination, even now, similar to that which will take place in the time to come. How? I know. This takes place. If we arouse. Upon the spark of godliness that's within us, if we can illuminate abundant heavenly mercy from above upon our pathetic neshamas that are so lost within the overwhelming sea of the deluge of, of appetite and lust and schmutz, because in truth, as long as a person is not yet merited, that Hashem's light should be illuminated from this might, from this power, within the depth of one's heart, to be nullified completely to Hashem's unity, from the depth of his heart, to the point where the person is literally prepared to expire because of his connection to Hashem. So until that happens, there is such a pathetic mercy over this neshama that is in such a pathetic dark gullus. Because the spark comes from the highest Wisdom above. And when it cannot illuminate from its true essence, into the person's depth of heart, because that's where this illumination is supposed to take place, it is in the worst form of exile that anything in the world can be. A neshama that cannot illuminate a Jewish heart is in the worst form of exile that exists in the world. So what can we do about it? By our crying out to HaKadosh Baruch Hu over the sad, pathetic plight of our neshama, we can arouse heavenly mercy. The spark will be able to come out of its exile and its... Um, being trapped 
that will be able to illuminate the inner chambers of our hearts in the concept of abundant, overwhelming love. Ahavarab is a term that's used when some form of love has been held back and then it's released. It's like a river where it's blocked up with a, a dam and then somebody breaks the dam. So the flow of the river is much stronger after it breaks through than it ever was at the beginning. That's a Havarabah. So this neshama that's been so exiled, when it breaks through, it is an incredible amount of love. Who, who redeemed Avram as the neshama. As I wrote this exact Yusayid, as we also clearly remember from the Kuti Amarim chapter 45. And it is well known that if we want to arouse heavenly mercy, the way to arouse heavenly mercy upon our Nishamis is dependent upon our acting with Rachmanis here below. That is to say, the best way to do this is to arouse abundant mercy in the hearts of those who are naturally merciful and doers of chesed, to give here on earth, to give to poor people a abundant flow of um, earthy matters, zav v'kesav, in gold and silver v'chulu, and all of the needs. And therefore I'm telling you, those who he's writing the letter to, that the effect of giving charity, it is literally the enacting of this overflowing mighty river. We know the concept that it says that if a person's going to be someone's going to strike somebody in the face. So what they'll do is they'll quickly cover their face with their hands. What are you doing that for? You're going to get your hands hit. Yeah, but I'd rather get my hands hit than get my face hit, Right? Is If I'm telling you that the way to awaken our hearts, to be able to inspire us with our godly light and to save our lives is by giving tzedakah, so if we would protect our lives with our hands, how much more so should we protect the essence of our nefesh with whatever we have, with the abundant amount of tzedakah we should give? So for sure, a kavachayma that we should give as much as we possibly can to illuminate our lives with this infinite light of HaKadosh Baruch And the way to do that is by giving abundant amounts of money to tzedakah. The more rachmanas we show, the more heavenly mercy we will be able to arouse upon our lives. Now, take the copy there of the last paragraph that for some reason when they put together Tanya they didn't put in the full letter this letter is brought in numerous places 
most primarily from the Chassid of Shmuel Munkis, who was one of the Baltanias. Um, there, there's more copies there. You, you got more copies. So again, the beginning of the letter is <clears throat> the same, but Adav Rejvav, we have a final paragraph to the letter. Says the Baltanir. And upon this, I supported myself. I'm not interested in being a burden upon those who I love and my, my friends. Who I come back to you year after year. To open your hands more so, more than you can afford, because of the terrible times we live in. May Hashem take mercy. For the expenses of it's some kind of kitchen, or it was a soup kitchen, whatever it was. The expenses are in, are incredible. There's constantly new people coming in. People who are bereft of anything. It's not enough just to give them money while they're here, but i got to give them provisions for the way. In addition to the fact that we need to feed them as long as they're here in, in the hive. There's a whole new expense that didn't exist in the days of yore. That's the expenses of the travel. Evidently, there was some form needed to be able to, some payment that they needed to pay to go in Russia from city to city. Um... I don't know what that is. Sach misuyim, it's an added expense. Va'atsum, and it's an incredible expenditure. Mi deshona b'shona Hashem irachim. Year after year, may Hashem take mercy. Ulezayis tipul not chinosi v'nafshi b'sheilusi. For this reason, I'm pleading, I'm begging, my soul pleads with you. Ubakashosi kefulo, and I'm asking you doubly yishtucha uprusha l'fnei kol anash. And it's spread out and laid out. In front of all of Anash, all of our our chevra, my friends and my brothers, the new and the old, no one should dare give less. Heaven forbid to even mention such a concept that anybody should cut back. To give less from the value of their soul. I want you to know I have. A notebook um, in my uh, my you know my ledger. He takes care of the books. Anybody who adds will be given blessing and life. Beis Hashem and Hashemayim from Hashem from heaven. He who constantly is looking out for their good and their well-being. So he knew how to write a Shnorah letter, I'll tell you that. <laughs> now, let's apply this to a little bit of our davening for Rosh Hashanah. Take a look at this piece of Peliyotz. This past week was his Yotzeit. Parshas told us. Have a copy there. <coughs> 
this is really this piece could be applied at any time to tefillah, but it's especially opportune because we're entering these two weeks of intense tefillah. Is vegeta Yitzchak laHashem l'nechachishte Yitzchak damns to Hashem opposite his wife. Let's try understanding a hint to how we should be serving Hashem. Writes that this points al inyan hatfilo b'derek klal u'b'derek prat speaks to davening in general terms and in specific terms. The nixim pasuk said, "Yitzchak went out to." Talk in the field, and Chazal tell us, That's when Yitzchak made Mincha. The main purpose of davening is not for us, but is for godly goals, godly purposes. What does he mean? To daven for the exile that the Shechina finds itself. As the Swarm describe uh, many different places about the essence of what it means that the Shechina is in exile. Yitzchak went out to daven. The Pesach says, he went out to daven. He defines it as Bishvil Sada for the purpose of the field. Hainu Ashkina Gdaisha that refers to the Shrina Shanemra Lel Bigolus Tsioin Soda Techorish. Zion will be plowed like a field. So the the imagery of a field refers to the Shrina in Golus. Tsioin hu ashina gdaisha kiadua. Tzion is the Shechina and Alzeoye Ikra Tzvilash Yitzchak Avinu. That was the main point of Yitzchak's davening. Was Lesuach Besoda was to plead for the fact that Tzion was plowed like a field. And by davening that way, what he accomplished was Lifnais Orev to remove the night Shehimtik B'Tzvilas. He was able to temper with his Tzvila. He got rid of all of the confusion and all of the prosecutors. And so too did he affect this change upon his descendants. Because the action of our forefathers are a simon to their descendants. That whenever we daven about any pain that we have, that instead of the tefillah being about us, we turn our tefillah towards the pain that the shechina has. Because every time a Jew suffers, the shechina is suffering. So rather than focusing on our selfish pain, we turn the tefillah into a prayer for the pain that the Shechina is experiencing because of the pain that we have. U like the Gemara says, Bizman shalde mitzdar, a time that a person has pain. Shechina ma'emeres. What is the Shechina saying? Kolani mireishi, kolani mizrei. Oi, my head hurts, my arm hurts. So the, the Shechina experiences our pain more than we experience our pain. So rather than focusing on our pain where there could be a prosecution against us, 
turn the tefillah for the pain of the Shechina, and against the pain of the Shechina, there cannot be any prosecution. That's a way of getting rid of any prosecution, any judgment against us. Yitzchak prayed to Hashem opposite his wife. He Isha Yiras Hashem. That refers to he David for the purpose of the Shechina. That's a general rule in Tefillah is don't focus on self. Turn the Tefillah heavenward. That's general speaking. Next paragraph, but in individual terms. Miram is a cause of the Torah is pointing Shetzorah Kol Echad Ve'echad Li'ispadol Al Golus HaNeshama Shaloi Each of us should be davening for the exile of our own souls. He Ishtoi, that's our wife. She Yedua HaShenishmas Kol Echad Ve'echad Mi'israel Uchedek Adikai Mimal Because as we just learned, we know that the Neshama of every single Jew is a portion of of Hashem above. Higher, greater, deeper than the highest angels. And when we each ponder, from whence we came, and we understand how our neshama has so descended from the highest of heights. Libira mikta into the worst depths of existence. What's that? The lowest place in existence is the physicality of the body. And a body that's in this United States of America. So we should be arousing mercy upon the plight of our neshama that has took, taken such an incredible dive into the abyss. Such a great word. But don't forget, Hashem did not do this to us out of cruelty. This descent is for the purpose of an aliyah, of an elevation. The purpose is that the neshama is to raise the body up, to cleanse the body, to turn the crass body into something spiritual. The concept of turning darkness into light, and that which is bitter into that which is sweet. And if we're able to accomplish that, then the neshama is able to ascend to a place greater than even from whence it came. It was basking in the light of the Shekhinah. But if the neshama is able to impact and change the body and turn darkness into light, then the neshama ascends to places where it could not have gone even before that. However, Next paragraph. If a person recognizes their ugly ways, as every person knows in the depth of their heart, then not only have we not elevated our bodies through us, we have 
caused further descent even from meaning the, the descent of the neshama coming to the body was bad enough we've taken both of them and flushed them down the you know what right so we need to arouse tremendous abundant mercy on our neshamas over the holy soul that exists within us like we say in Berchus Krishma you merciful father have pity on us and by doing this our cry from below will arouse mercy from above literally the language you just learned abundant mercy from above and then we'll be able to reveal the ultimate kindness that exists within Hashem's plan of putting the neshama into the body look what he does now this is the meaning of the Pesach it says these are the Taldus generations the prodigy progeny of Yitzchak ben Yitzchak. the judgment right Yitzchak is Gvura so the judgment that's alluded to in the concept of Yitzchak will be tempered by the chesed of Avram. How? If Yitzchak davens to Hashem for the purpose of his neshama, that Hashem should have mercy, then the Yitzchak, the beating up on, the, the, the harshness of a person looking at their pathetic life, will arouse the Ben Avram, will arouse the mercy. If a person is able to awaken, to arouse mercy upon their neshama, he will be able to arouse heavenly mercy, to temper the judgment in their source. So these are two forms of tefillah that we should have in mind as we approach these Yavim Nehroim. The first one is the general Golos Hashchina, and the second is the specific mercy that we need to arouse for how um, incredibly sad it is that our poor neshamas ended up in our specific bodies and what we have done with them as a result of that.